Hello, and welcome back to the FCA podcast. Today, we are starting off the school year with the Marist legend himself, Mr. Dan Perez. Coach Perez went to Marist when he was in high school, and he played football and baseball there. He continued his athletic career playing D1 football at Georgia Tech. DP is currently teaching health to Marist students, coaching the War Eagle football team, and living a life full of faith. We hope you enjoyed this week's speaker, and make sure to follow our Instagram, at MarisFCA. Well, people, this is amazing. The last time um, I was asked to speak at FCA, when Coach Marshall was here, so I have to give some kudos to Coach Hall and, and Coach Perez. We're in the lower cafeteria, and every time I go down there for FCA meetings or stop by and get a biscuit and kind of chat it up with some kids, we have maybe 15 or 20 people. Um, so this is amazing. I think it's absolutely amazing. I know uh, your time is valuable. Maris is a place that requires a lot of you. Um, so I want to thank you all, first of all, for getting out of bed early to come and work on your relationship with God, because that's basically what we're doing. Um, I know sleep is valuable. The health teacher, you know how passionate I am about you all getting some sleep. Um, but I think the 30 minutes or whatever it is that you invested into this thing today, um, hopefully you'll get a couple takeaways from my message with you in addition to this awesome chicken biscuit most of you are eating. Um, so again, I, I want to thank you all for making this a priority. So today I'm going to keep it pretty simple. Um, Bobby told me, told you all that sports is a huge part of my life. And I've learned a lot of very valuable lessons and made some incredible relationships from the experiences I've had in the arena. Uh, when I was here, um, that's all I really cared about, to be honest with you. I mean, school was okay. Um, there weren't many girls here at Marist back in the late 70s, early 80s. I think there was 100 girls uh, at Marist when I got here and 900 boys because um, they had just let girls in in 76. So sports really was what I was passionate about, and that's okay. I played football, I played basketball, I played baseball. And when one season would end, I'd pick up a ball and go right to the next. But there wasn't a lot of specialization like there is today. It was much easier to do that. Where kids, I wasn't competing against kids who were playing baseball year-round or playing basketball year-round. So it was kind of a thing that defined me, and, and quite honestly, um, I probably had that too high on my list of priorities, and I'll, I'll explain priorities in a little bit. Um, but it, it enabled me to go to Georgia Tech. I would not have gotten into Georgia Tech without my athletic abilities. Um, so don't apologize if you're one of those people who has a dream. Say, oh, I want to go to this school. I'm not sure I'm good enough to go play there. If you can use your talent to open a door, absolutely do that. Absolutely do that. So I went to Georgia Tech, played a little football there back in the 80s for Coach Curry. Um, coach Curry was an okay coach, I'd say, but he was a great developer of people. And we had this program there called the Total Person Concept, mind, spirit, and body. And I would sit in lecture halls every week, like you all are sitting here in front of me today, and he'd give us these lectures about being a good person, being a good person in the community and just adding value to someone else's life every day. And being 18, 19 years old, I kind of listen in one ear, out the next, and I get it. But the older I've gotten, I kind of go back and revisit some of those messages, and it's, it's really powerful when you can get someone at an early age to think about things from a different lens. And that's kind of what I'm going to do, try to do with you today. So in the analogy of sport, let's think about something. Most of you here are you know, anywhere from 13 to 17, 18 years old. Life expectancy in our country right now, so 10th graders, if you have me for health, please forgive me for reiterating this. But if you think about this in terms of a game, life is a game. 
If life expectancy is 80 years old, you all are living in the first quarter. You're only playing the first quarter of life right now, right? So what you're experiencing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, relationships you have are just so minimal in terms of the vastness of what they're going to become. You have so much ahead of you to learn and to do and experience. Don't limit yourself to what you think you can do right now. You have three more quarters left to play. Now, I'm, I'm pushing almost 60 years old. And so every Friday night or every time I'm watching a football game and the third quarter ends and the band starts playing and everyone's holding up four fingers like, hey, fourth quarter, we got to win this quarter. I start thinking, oh my gosh, I, I'm about ready to play the fourth quarter of my life. And that's kind of a scary thing when you look at it that way. I would trade places with anybody in this gym right now to go back and be in the first quarter, to go back and live life a little differently. And part of that is my faith. I grew up in a Catholic family, a devout Catholic family. Every Sunday, my parents would drag me to church. And yes, they would drag me to church, out of bed, get dressed, go to it. Wasn't really into it. But they developed a foundation of faith that has kind of stuck with me. But one thing I've learned recently in my older age through the help of our, our most recently deceased David Donahue and Father Tom Ellerman, who have really coached me in my faith in my 50s, I'll be honest with you, um, they've done great things for me. Faith is a relationship when you have faith in something. And, and as I came downstairs, I knew I was going to talk about faith. But ironically, my wife and I are still one of the few people in this world to get the hard copy of the paper, right? So this morning when I opened it up, actually this was yesterday's copy, it says, have faith. These braves will not let you down. Have faith. So what is faith? What really is faith? To me, it's kind of believing in something or trusting somebody or something that you really can't quantify. So when we talk about your faith with God, what really is your faith? You don't see him. You don't really talk to him and get a reciprocal response, do you? You're, I'm asking you to believe in something that's really not tangible in there. And so I want to kind of shift your faith image to a relationship. Okay, so right now I want you to take a couple seconds and think about your very, very best friend in life. Who is your best friend? And I want you to think about the day you met that friend, if you can remember that. And then ask yourself, what makes this person different than all my other friends? Close friends, good friends, best friend, but then you have the best of the best. Your BFF, the ultimate what makes that person different than all your other friends? And how long did it take for that relationship to develop that way? Right? We all have friends. We got good friends. We have acquaintances. We have classmates. We have teammates. There's all different levels of friendships, right? So what took that one person to a level different than others? You have faith in that person because you trust that person. You talk to that person. You hang out with that person. You have similar interests with that person, which will take that person to a different level. My best friend I met 28 years ago. And I, I met Susan, my wife, and it was one of these things I knew right away. It was very shortly after I met her, I said, man, this is the one. Don't screw this up. But a few years before that, I was dating another girl, and I was kind of in my mid-20s thinking, gosh, is this going to be the girl I end up marrying and spending my life with? 
And I asked my dad for some advice. I said, Dad, how do you know when you have found the one? He goes, what do you mean the one? I said, the one, you know, the one you're going to marry, have kids with. He goes, it's real simple. Is she your best friend? I kind of stopped for a minute, and I was thinking about this girl I was dating. Is she your best friend? And I said, mm. he said, don't do it. I said, well, what do you know? What do you mean, Dad? What do you mean don't do it? He goes, I can tell. She's not your best friend. Would you rather be with her than all your buddies? I said, eh. He said, don't do it. And my dad was 100% right. Fast forward a couple years when I met Susan, it was different, developing this friendship. She was and still is my best friend in the world. Actually, number two, right behind my relationship with God. Because we would not be here if it wasn't for him. So a few years ago, I started changing my, my, uh, my view of relationships with God as a friendship. And that's what I want to challenge you to do today. I was going to adoration. So I was sitting in church about five years ago. And Monsignor Corbett over at St. Jude's was starting this adoration program. So what is adoration? Has anybody ever been to adoration and can explain really what it is? Crunk? Do you know? Adoration is just when you're like completely like adoring the Lord and you're just bowing down. Correct. So you're going, you're going to a space where the sacrament is exposed and it's called adoration. You are adoring this friend. And so when I, I kind of listened to Monsignor Corbett, I said, you know, that sounds cool. But like many of you here, hey, I'm too busy. I didn't got time for that. I'm busy. I work in, in the fall. Sometimes I work 70, 80 hours a week. And I love what I do, and I would do it 180 hours because I love what I do. I love working with young people. But as I was driving home, I'm like, you know, maybe I ought to try this thing out. You know, my relationship was kind of stale. And so I said, you know what? That's an excuse. Time is an excuse. And we're talking about a relationship with God. So I said, you know what? I'm going to sign up. I'm going to try this thing out. An absolute game changer in my life. Every Thursday night, every Thursday night without fail, I make that a priority. I go spend one hour in the church or the chapel in front of the sacrament, total peace and quiet. Total peace and quiet. Just time to kind of unload everything in my life, ask God some tough questions. And I made it a very ritualistic event when I was kind of nervous about it, to be honest with you. And I tried to make sure it was very structured. And David Donahue, who, who we know passed away last year, was kind of my spiritual coach. He said, he said, Dan, let me ask you a question. He goes, when you were courting your wife, Susan, he goes, what would you do when you went out on dates? I said, well, we would talk. We would just kind of hang out. We'd do fun things. He says, quit trying to make your relationship with God so formal. He should be your best friend. Just go hang out with him for an hour. So when you think about that best friend in your life, what makes that person your best friend? You like hanging out with that person, don't you? I just started hanging out with Jesus. And I know that sounds kind of weird, and I'm not really comfortable talking about my faith a lot. I, I'm not that type of person. But it absolutely has revolutionized my relationship with God and with Jesus. I just go hang out. Sometimes I read. A lot of times I fall asleep because it's so peaceful and quiet and beautiful. And that's okay. Sometimes I ask him for things. Sometimes I question things. And last Sunday at Mass, I know Mr. Laborde was there. He heard this message. I can't wait to get to heaven and ask God some pretty tough questions. Because in this faith relationship we have, right, you can talk to him, but we always don't really hear him back. 
So right now in this crazy world, there's a lot of mess going on in this world, is there not? You ask why? Why are all these fires? Why are all these floods? Why is all this conflict going on? There's a lot of tough questions we would like to ask. But when we get to heaven, we'll be able to ask those questions. But now it's just at peace in the response you get. So when you develop this relationship, be open to it, but don't always just ask. Just talk to them. Try to listen in peace and quiet. And I know we've started a, an adoration program here at Marist, and it happens every Friday during uh, activity period. And I know your time is valuable, but it doesn't have to be the whole hour. How many times during the day do you get to just sit and take a deep breath and not worry about anything and just kind of relax and chill? Not very often. And until I made that a priority, it didn't really have the impact that it could have had. And so I look forward to that Thursday thing every week. And I know some of you have been the recipient. I love to light candles about people who need prayers. And I'll light a candle, I'll take a picture, I'll email it, I, I do things with it. Teams, kids that need it are going through a tough time because life is hard. Life is hard. And yesterday, I think I went in the morning prayer, someone said, there's nothing you're going to have to go through that you can't handle as long as you go through it with God. It's a partnership and life is tough. But here's what I'm going to tell you about everybody in this room. All right, I need your attention. Everybody needs to listen to this. The most important thing I'm going to tell you, you all in this room, every single one of you is incredible. Incredible. And you have to understand that. In this day and age of comparison, all you all ever do, and it's not your fault, you compare yourself to other people and wish you had what they had. But if you think about it, you have been, you have been made unique in God's image in your own way, and being at this school, you are incredible. There's a lot of people who, who were told no. And the fact you are at this school, and you're going to graduate from this school, hopefully, is going to set you up for greatness if you want it. If you want it. But what you must understand is, you are not the person sitting next to you. You just need to be the best version of who you are and have a relationship with somebody, that somebody being God, is going to help you through these tough times, Mr. Walsh, right? Right? Because you're awesome. You're different than your dad. And a couple years ago, Mr. Troutwine sat in this room and told the senior something. A lot of them were going to hear bad news about UGA, that you're not, you're not going to get accepted to UGA. And everyone's going to think, oh, I'm not good enough. BS. BS. You are good enough. But his message was simply this. There's just not enough room. There's not enough room at UGA for everybody. That doesn't mean you're not good enough. So if you're a runner, when I get off that treadmill, I'm 57 years old. The other day, running that race for Heads Up for Harry, right at the start of the line, boom, there goes Bobby. He took off on me. If I compared myself to him at the end of that race, I said, man, I suck. But I'm 57, and he's about half my age. Knowing who I am, I felt great about myself when I finished. So don't compare yourself to Ruby Little or Tommy Latham. That's not a good thing. If you're not the valedictorian, don't compare yourself to the valedictorian because nobody in this room is stupid. Nobody. You all are incredible. And I'll tell you straight up, if I put in an application to get into Marist School with all of you, the grades you got in, I would have been told no. I would not have made it into this school. And secondly, seeing what you all do, the service hours he's talking about, getting up for FCA, all the other things you got to do and the classes that become so intense, I would have tapped out in about 10th grade. I'd have told my parents, I can't do it, no more, no mas. 
I want out. You all are incredible, and you must understand and believe that in this day and age of comparison. Now let's talk about priorities. I made adoration a priority. It's very important to me every Sunday and every Thursday to do what is good for me. And I don't do it so I can tell everybody, hey, I go to adoration. I go to church every Sunday. I do that because I'm hanging out with my friend. I'm hanging out with my friend, and he's teaching me so much. So the priorities I had back from my coach, Bill Curry, he called it the list of five, and I just shared this again with my 10th graders, the list of five. And I want you to repeat this. I want you to repeat it, repeat it until you know it. But you got to believe it. you got to have faith in it. You're not going to really see this tangibly, but you're going to know. Keep these things in a list of priorities in your life, and you will have much less conflict. Number one is God. God always, always, number one. Number two, family. Your family comes first before all others, before your friends, before your school, before your sports. Be there for your family. He picks up the phone, he needs something, I'm there. Boom. That's my relative. I didn't choose him. You didn't choose your parents. You didn't choose your brothers, sisters, but that's family. Family first, always. Friends. We talked about friends in here today. A friend in need, not a friend that wants to go to the mall and watch movies and play Fortnite. A friend that needs you. I don't care how many tests you have, if a friend needs you, you be there for that friend. God, family, friends, then your school, your schoolwork. Your schoolwork comes after those first three. Relationships, God, family, friends, relationship, God, family, friends, then your school. And last but not least, your sports. We're here because we're athletes. God, family, friends, academics, athletics, whichever one is higher on that list, that's where you need to be. So if your parents come to you today and say, hey, don't forget, we're going to Grandma and Grandpa's 50th reunion this weekend. And there's a big dance or a big party or a big game. You're like, oh, Mom, Dad, I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. Family comes first. So you may not like what it tells you, but your relationships with those people are very important. Now, last but not least, I got, I got one minute. July 2nd, 2022, my faith took another leap forward. I was in a car traveling to 30A, which I'm not a big fan of 30A because I, I try to get away. I try to enjoy time with my family. You go down there, it's, oh, Coach Press, Coach Press. Every time you turn around, I hate it. I hate it. No offense to y'all, but I just like my little peace and quiet sometimes. But on the way down there in the car full of my wife and my daughter's in the back seat, we were hit head on in a collision at 70 miles an hour. A lady crossed the road and she had a seizure. She hit our car head on. Boom. And for about a minute, I thought I was dying. I couldn't breathe. I was trapped in this car and I was just gasping for air. I couldn't, I couldn't talk. I couldn't breathe. I thought, shit, this is it. Excuse my language. And I couldn't do anything. I started having this, these images like, oh my gosh, this is it. My wife was able to get out of the car. One of my daughters got out of the car on their side, but on the other side behind me was my daughter, Ashley. Sweetheart. One of the loves of my life. One of the greatest things that ever happened to me. She somehow found her way out of the car and they're trying to rip my door open. And they couldn't, I couldn't get it open. And this car was kind of filling up. It was pretty intense. The image I have of my daughter thinking I was leaving her when she collapsed on the highway is something I'll never forget. Ashley just kind of collapsed in tears like, oh my God, oh my God, my dad's dying. But then thankfully, God sent these angels, I don't even know who they are, I still to this day don't know, but some pedestrians came over and got me out of the car and kind of got me centered up and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make it. And when I got in the ambulance, I just started thinking, why, why did I make it? Like, why did I get through that event? 
And it just hit me. One of the first things I thought about is, hey, you know what? God's not done with me yet. He's not done. There's more work for me to do. And that's when I said, you know what, God? Use me as you need me. That's my friend. And when he puts me in a place to work with young people or be there for somebody who needs it, I'm there 100% of the time because relationships trump all else. And I believe that with all my heart. I should not have made it through that crash. But I did because he needs me. And part of needing is being right here with you today. So listen, you guys are awesome. Remember, do not compare yourself against Tommy and Ruby. That ain't, that's not very smart. Just be the best version of you you can be. And you guys are awesome. This is awesome. But last thing, finish what you start. Don't show up first meeting. This is unbelievable. You can't do one meeting and then kind of pass it on. You finish what you start. Finish that fourth quarter of FCA, which means in the spring, I want to see this many people back again. Thank you. All right.